With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, mother? What? What? Since we are here today. I just wanted to ruin the opening because I know you like to let it breathe. What's funny is <laughs> when you ruin it, you make it better. I know. Uh, I know. I know. It's great. Hey, yeah, capture great. your audience's attention. I love it. How are you guys? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. To and all of the New Sims Year. and Lefko faithful, uh, sorry for not having a Tuesday episode. So we are going to jam-pack episode 146 with everything. Everything. One, four to six. Um, how did you guys watch? Because I wasn't with you. Bleach yeah. Report was closed. They right. wouldn't let me come in here and watch all the games. Yes. How did you do it Christmas Eve? I didn't. I just watched TV, computer, uh, That's your normal flow. It was. But no one was bothering you on Christmas no, Eve? No, and I had my, uh, what the hell is he called, brother-in-law bring yeah. his computer, so at least I had another computer so had to watch. games. I had three. Okay. Three. So I, but, man, it was hard work. I hate that the holiday was on Sunday and Monday. I Because I had to write my Power Rankings article, so I had to leave Christmas Eve dinner for an hour and a half to go do that. I truly think all the time, it's crazy to me that we work all year to right. get to this point, and this is where everyone in the Everyone's world off. is off. Right. And I want to come in and watch the games. Yeah, what did you do, Fendrick? Uh, I was at a steakhouse with my family in Westchester, and they had some TVs there, so I was casually watching the games. But Man. Christmas Eve, it's a holy day for me, so I can't be bothered with football on Christmas in Eve. In what way is it a holy day? Well, you know, I relax. I have steak with my family. I can't be bothered with football on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Good Jew on they, Christmas They should have moved the games. Play them on Saturday. That's what I would have done. So, That's what you would have done? So yeah. I Movie wanted games. to go somewhere to watch the game, but I was like, I do not uh, want to go to a sports Adam wanted us to bar. ask him how he watched the games. Well, no, saw, I'm going through. 44. So I 40, was like, you know 40. what? I'm going to go to the 40-40 club. And I were you the only person there? I went on Instagram, and five minutes before I looked, there was a video of a DJ, and I was like, "I'm about to go to a club, and all I want to do is watch the games." Can right. you tell everyone that's listening what the 4040 Club is? Come on, we have a ESPN lot of international ESPN on the street. We have a lot of international listeners. It's Jay Z Sports Bar Club that he has on 25th Street in New York, and it's like big. And let me just say, I walked in, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm going to be shoulder to shoulder." And there was nobody else in the entire place. Didn't look place. like it when I saw the video. So you said. me and my girlfriend sit down in like the VIP area, and Chris, I pretended it was Bleacher Report. I handed the the waiter guy a napkin with all of the games I wanted and all of the screams I wanted them to be on. Right. And they, I had all eight games. And you stayed there throughout uh, the My day? My friend Brad and his girlfriend Becca came. Uh, Enam's brother came. Oh, I'm, I'm drinking tequila and watching the games. And I'm yelling, and they're all going, I don't understand how you watch all of these games and understand what's going on. Right. And I said, you sound like Sims. <laughs> I hate it. I love it. That's it, was, but you know what? It was an interesting day of football, and now it's going to happen again this weekend. Oh All my of gosh. the games are at four o'clock. I know. What is it? Eight or nine games at four o'clock? Yep. 
and they all have playoff implications. But I do agree with the NFL getting rid of Sunday night football so that there's not some game that doesn't mean anything. Also, who's watching Sunday night football on New Year's Eve? Nobody. Yeah, it's a tough, tough day. No doubt about it. That's why college football moved off of it. Had to. So what are you going to do this weekend, Sims? I don't know. Do my best. I don't really give a damn about a lot of these games. Oh, it's bad. I mean, who cares? So. I got to do left go locks. I'm just going to only pick right. the games that are the, where there's two teams fighting for stuff, which is pretty much every team in the NFC South. Yeah, that's all there is. To, I'm looking at the schedule right there's now. Some so horrendous. If I seem like I'm not paying attention. That's some horrendous games. Like Bills, Seahawks, Cardinals, of course, will have meaning. I guess Saints, Buccaneers mean something. Yeah. I guess. Does it really? Not really. It means for the Saints. To win the, the South. They yeah, they the got to win the South because if the right. Panthers, yeah, all that stuff. Right. All right, we're going to get to that in a second. We're going a deep dive on Sims's game film. He has deep. really good stuff. Oh, it's good stuff. And since Man. we didn't have Monday to break everything down, we'll do that there. Good we're stuff. going to have a good MVP discussion. And of course, fill in time with Big Phil Sims. What are you, quiet? No, let him shit on me. I can no, handle no, it. No, no, he's, he's getting he's ready to punch flinching. me in the chest. Oh, he's unflinching. <laughs> you know, I like when he has his other button down, too, to show his manly chest. Oh, my chest. Hair. Fendrick, 46. So actually, I was doing my research, and I was looking at the 2006 Rutgers football roster. Right. There were three 46s on this roster. What, what, what Rutgers team? The 2006, 2006 right. The, good, the, good the only team. Uh, yeah, the only Rutgers That's, team. That was Greg Schiano's mentality. It Just was. put out multiple numbers. And Pat Brown, <laughs> Stefante Kent, and Brandon Wood. All guys that did not do much during their careers at That's Rutgers. Great. Right. But uh, all 46 on the roster. So three Rutgers guys. What 46s do you got for me? I mean, the guy that the four, the white safety that the 46 Bear defense was named. Uh, yes. Sir. What was That's his an important name? One. I can't think of it. White guy. Supreme. It's interesting because he was not on the 85 Bears. <laughs> right. But he was the reason they started calling the, the 46 84 team. Bears, though, right? If I he remember. was up until the early 80s. Right. But mainly in the 70s, his name, Doug Plank. Ah, man. Couldn't you should remember that from Rich Cohen's book. Damn it. Any other 46s? Uh, ooh, man. I, can, I mean, I can always come up with somebody from my dad's old team, like sure. Steve Lasker. Ooh, okay. ooh, ooh you don't remember that one? I don't. No. <laughs> I know you don't. Oh, Herm Edwards. Herm, very good. Thank you. That was a really good one. Thank you. Uh, currently, there's a lot of guys. I, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't say all the guys every time. Right. Offensive guys right now, Chicago fullbacks Mike Burton, James Devlin, mm-hmm. fullback for the Patriots. Yep, Alfred Morris oh, has been 46 standing damn, his whole that career. Was the best one, right? And then defensive guys, Neville Hewitt of the Dolphins, yep. Calvin Munson of the Giants, Mark Niziaucho of the 49ers. Five long snappers currently are wearing 46. Oh my it's a big gosh. long snapper number all time though liddell betts right iowa kid that went to washington sure delaney walker actually wore 46 for his first seven years in in san San Francisco. francisco yeah and i wondered when he went to tennessee all of his receiving numbers went up right and he changed to 82 right how much of that was the new offense how much of that is that he wasn't wearing 46 anymore well, I don't. He kind of went from like an H back to a did. true tight end. He just got stuck in San Francisco in a time where their offense wasn't overly creative. He, Pound he the was, rock, and then they had Vernon Davis, so yeah. he became the second option. Uh, I put this one in there for uh, Jewish uh, Josh and myself, hey. Danny Abramowitz, a uh, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints in the sixties. Lahayam, uh, you know who wore forty six, and he also wore seventy six. Lou Groza, Lou Groza, the toe. 
Yes. Lou Groza played tackle, center, guard, and kicker, and played 21 years all with Cleveland. They were all with Cleveland? All with Cleveland. That's unbelievable. He was nicknamed The Toe. Can you imagine? It's like Lane Johnson goes out there and kicks field goals. It's awesome. Chuck Muncy, uh, Chargers three-time Pro Bowler running back. Uh, Doug Plank, as you mentioned. Tim McDonald, Mm. safety for Carolina and the Niners in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I should have got that. Good player? Yeah, he was. He was a very good player, especially when he was with the 49ers. That 94 yes. Super Bowl team. Yep. Another good one. Ooh. Excuse, Excuse me. you. Todd Christensen. That was, oh my God. Raiders tight end and fullback, two time All Pro, five time Pro Bowler, two time Super Bowl champion. Also, in the 80s. fellow nut hugger with Phil Sims in the Phil Sims workout video. He was in the Sims workout video. He was video. Jerry Curl and nut huggers, both in the same video. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Todd Christensen. And then Herm Edwards, right. who had one fumble recovery for a touchdown in his career, and it's it was how, the miracle in the Meadowlands. It's how, like, me, Sean McVay, and Herm Edwards are, you know, so that was Miracle in the Midlands. Yes. Joe Pisarczyk, quarterback, follows yes. a snap. Herm Edwards picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. Sean McVay's grandfather was the head coach of the Giants, got fired because of that game. Also the reason my dad was drafted at the number number seven pick of the draft the next year. Stop. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is some butterfly effect shit right, right? there. Isn't that funny? Wait, so Sean McVay's dad, what was his Grandfather. Uh, what was it, Jim? Jim McVay? And he was the head coach of the Giants. Yes. And for people that don't know, because I don't know how much of our audience knows, the miracle of the Meadowlands, the Giants, in essence, just had to run out the clock. Right. Could have kneeled it. For they some were, reason, they were trying to and, hand it off. And they decided to hand it off, and they fumbled the exchange, right. and Herm Edwards scooped it up and ran it in. It was called the miracle in the Meadowlands. Yeah. And it, I, that was a clip as an Eagles fan that I have watched countless times. Yeah, sure. And Every time we played the Giants, you always had hope because of that play. Right. And there have been other miracles since. Oh, my gosh. The Brian Westbrook punt uh, punt return for Deshaun a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson. That's the biggest How one. How about my dad's in 88? He'll tell you the game. They bo- The Giants block the field goal to win the game. They, the Eagles are lining up to kick a game-winning yeah. field. They block it. Clyde Simmons picks up the ball behind the yes. line of scrimmage and runs 25 yards for a touchdown. It's one of the reasons why every time I talk with a Giants fan, they always there, there's a few things that Giants fans don't want to talk about. Giants fans hate those Eagles games. more than, or they're more scared of the Eagles they're than scared. Any of the NFC's yeah, teams. Yeah, it's not an anger. No. Everyone hates the Cowboys equally. Right, equally, right. The Giants though naturally have a fear of the Eagles. You have our number for and some reason. Since I've come to Bleacher Report, the Eagles are seven and one against the Giants. Right. It's, it's insane. It's all because insane. of me. It it's is. all because of me. Awesome. Also, War 46, uh, John Dorambos, the long oh, snapper yeah. that uh, was America's the, Got just, Talent, America's baby. America's Got Talent. He was great. Good act. Right. And Good because act. he got went to the, the Saints and they tested his heart, he realized he had a heart condition. Yeah, that's right. I and, forgot the story, right? But um, he wore it his entire career. Uh, other 46s in the NBA, Aaron Baines is currently wearing it for the Celtics, mm. and Bo Outlaw wore it. In the Phoenix for one year. Uh, and then Mark Cuban wore 46 in an all-star game as a jab to Donald Trump. Oh. If you type in 46 jersey, that's the first story that comes up. Did you just burp? Uh, I did. That was, was good burp. All Major once. League Baseball. There was a Yankee that wore 46. Sims. Pettit. Yes. And then uh, Cubs, Cubs closer Lee Smith, who a lot of people say should be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, Want to do some quick notes before we get on to our Kyle Shanahan Amendment 2. And boy, is it going to be a fucking good one this oh, week. Oh, bad, bad. Sven, 
from Norway hit us up on the Sims and Lefko Instagram. What's up, Sven? And said, you are wrong about Vikings being dirty. Vikings were actually known for being very clean. They had a bath once a week. This was made them this made them very popular among European women. In that language, the word for Saturday also means bathing day, because ah. that's when they would take baths. Did which, I say the Vikings were dirty? No, I said they were okay, dirty. Okay, how dare you? You racist was, against I, Vikings person. Let me just get some other fan notes in here. <laughs> Thaddeus Snow, who's all over the us European on Twitter. European ladies love me too. He said, how about Marshawn Lattimore getting the butt interception with oh, hashtag legs and ass? That was awesome. It was I awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I was watching it live, and I had like, like family Yell over, the and I was like, I think that was an interception. I think I it was. laid on his butt. Oh, I was yelling and, in 4040. I was going, butt interception, <laughs> butt interception. And people were like, no, no. And I was like, I swear I don't think it hit the ground. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to establish that my percent of confidence in the Eagles Last week it was at twelve percent, and now it is at nine percent <laughs> to Niner. win a Super Bowl. Uh, it's going down. No, no, no. Just overall, oh, just overall. what my emotions are on the team. Yeah. I wrote down nine, a ten, but it's really a nine. Uh, <laughs> it's really crazy to I me. I like how you had to write that down. You had that to the Eagles, it. the Eagles won in L.A. One outscored the Giants and beat the Raiders. They've won three in a row. Yeah, and I have never felt less confident in a team in my life. Yeah, I, I oh. understand it. Uh, that was. That was ugly. That's where you. That was the first time we saw. Okay, we miss Carson Wentz and his ability to make throw, make throws in cold weather, drive the football. Here is my big out of left field, and I have a few out of left fields today. Right. My big out of left field was remember all year the one stat that everyone championed: the Eagles are the best team in the NFL at converting at third, third and long right. at third and long. Right. But you know what question we never fucking asked? Yeah. Why are they constantly in, in third, third and long? long? Right. And. Carson Wentz made up for so much of that yeah. stuff that the offense suddenly hasn't gotten bad, right. but you don't have that playmaker on third and long. Did, did they lead the... Because I know I made a comment to you when we were off air last week. I was like, I, I got to look, but I, I'm pretty sure you guys had the most third and six pluses out of anybody I think they in were, football. They just converted like 48%. Which is amazing. That speaks of talent. Quarterback down, third down. Um, but and, get, I mean, you've been burned by three slant and goes for touchdowns in two weeks. So again, I mean, I, and I said this three weeks it ago. It goes back to our thing: like, stop being such meatheads on defense. Don't play so aggressively. Jump on every little short route. Play a little bend, don't break. You guys got good players. Your defense. I'm not concerned about your defense. I know you are. I'm concerned about one thing. And right. I guess we're getting into this yeah. now: the fact that the Raiders said, "Oh, you're the number one run defense in the NFL." Okay, well, we're going to go power formation with yeah. additional offensive linemen and tight mm-hmm. ends. And do you know who was in there for like 25 snaps? The fucking linebacker, Danell Ellerby. Right. That's how weak they are at linebacker when Jordan Hicks is that they have him playing there. Right. I do not feel confident about this team in many ways. I agree they need to be play zone. My only thought is maybe this is what they need. Maybe if they have a few extra weeks, they can figure some stuff out. They don't have to play zone. They can play man, but don't play six yards off the receiver looking at the receiver, man. I mean, that would be a dream uh, looking at the quarterback, man. Right. That would be a dream come true to me if I'm a quarterback. They because on everything. You can manipulate DBs yes. that way if they're looking at you. We're talking about me, but we need to talk about amendment number two. Number two. Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is, the best is our best favorite, favorite coach. coach. Are we doing James NFL. Harrison after this? Yeah, yeah okay. of course. Okay. Uh, Man, way to, way to blow that. Uh, one, I want to give a shout out to Kyle Shanahan. Hey, Kyle. He's wearing, I think he's the coolest dress coach in the NFL. Oh, yeah. He's got the cool, like, baseball jacket it's on like underneath a baseball his gray shirt. Bomber jacket right. with a little zipper right here. Right. And I know that, like, Sean McVay is cool, and a lot of the coaches, like him and Todd Bowles, and especially Anthony Lynn, right. like to wear the muscle shirts and show kind of how jacked they are. Yeah. But Kyle's got that cool Kyle's, little baseball Kyle's jacket. Kyle's the coolest one by I, far. It looks cool. I agree. And he's got a little, like, skater punk. 
you know, he lived in San Francisco growing up. He lived he in Denver, Stussy. like a hair games. flip. Right, he's got it all. He's got you all know, the moves. And he's got no muscle to wear a muscle shirt. So. Life is different as a head coach when I can look up articles and learn that Kyle took his family to see Jumanji on Christmas. Aww. That's what I can learn about you as a head coach. <laughs> but Carlos Hyde told reporters after the Jags win that if the 49ers could start the season over, they would go to the Super Bowl. Right. Shanahan said, we might want to rein that in. I haven't <laughs> talked to Carlos about that. You start thinking like that, you can get humbled really fast. I also saw a lot of quotes from Paul Puzlozny mm-hmm. saying, that we got completely out coached. Yeah. They stressed us. They did stuff that put us all on an island. All right. You said 100% what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He used their aggressiveness against them. He outcoached them. They were put on an island. My big Kyle Shanahan question for you is this. Yes. Right now, everyone's loving Jimmy G. Right. And what we have in New England is a debate that's been going on for five years and will go on for 50. Right. How much success do you give to Brady? How much success do you give to Belichick? Right. I believe that's what we're about to happen with the Niners. Yeah. How much of this do you give to Kyle? How much of this do you give to Jimmy G? The one difference is, though, I feel like they're perfect matches for each yes, other. they are. Like, I feel like they perfectly complement each other. Right. Just like Brady compliments Belichick right. and what they want to do offensively. But I feel like this is going to be the debate for the next 10 years. Well, it could be. I'll just end this debate right now. The biggest superstar in football, okay, maybe other than Aaron Rodgers, because I, you know I always say he's the only guy that can kind of do it himself no matter what the offense, at least in my eyes. But the biggest superstars in football are coaches, period. They're the most game-changing people within an organization. Bill Belichick, Shanahan, McVay, go through the list and you just go, oh, yeah, it's, it's yes. Where do you put Shanahan McVay right now? It's, it's head coach material. Yes. I mean, they're certainly in the top three to four offensive play callers, play designers in the league. Head coaches... Man, they're up there. I mean, their teams play hard and physical yes. every week. Uh, there's great energy on the field. I am and, pissed. Yeah, they're creative. I'm pissed that Sean McVay might not play as starters. And yeah. I understand why he's not. Right. Plus, if he falls down to the fourth seed, he can get the Eagles in the second round, which is a lot better than facing Minnesota in Minnesota. I don't know if that's what he's doing. Right. But the reason it sucks is you said this. You want a real rivalry yeah. between Kyle and Sean McVay. Right. And we're going to get one yes. for a very long time. We are. Let me remind people right. that Kyle put up on this great Rams defense mm-hmm. 39 points with Brian Hoyer, yeah. who also threw a pick six in to that start game. start the game, right. This is going to be a hell of a freaking rivalry. It is going to be a hell of a freaking rivalry. Because Jimmy It's already G- started, too, so don't worry. Don't let this week what start. What do you mean it's already well, started? Well, you know, these guys are men, and they're alpha male men, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, McVay has kind of followed Kyle Shanahan's career steps, right? I mean, Kyle left Tampa after being the bitch boy there, quality control. Yes. McVay came in the door right after him, and then he t- assumed that job. Then Kyle went to Washington, the Redskins, with his father. They hired McVay on yeah. the staff, so Kyle taught McVay, it's not but an, then McVay got the head coaching job right. before Kyle. But I don't think it's an angry rivalry. I think no. it'll be a super competitive yeah, rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no it's not a hatred rivalry. It's a truly like if I know Kyle, and Kyle hasn't said this to me, yeah. but I know Kyle's 
probably like a little jealous and pissed off the Rams are going to the playoffs. I know he respects McVay yes. and he's happy for him personally, yeah. but he's also probably like, damn, and then he's going to want to answer back next year and go, All I know we're is going to the playoffs. For the damn near the last decade, right. the Saint, the Seahawks and the Cardinals have been getting easy wins over the Rams and yeah. 49ers. Yeah. And right as these coaches are getting good, Bruce Arians is on his way out yeah. and Earl Thomas is telling other teams to come get him. Yeah, that's The stupid. fucking division has flipped in one season. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. I just... Can well, I just before we move on? Can I just get your thirty seconds? You're watching the game. Your best friend is whooping the shit out of Jacksonville. Oh, I know you texted me too. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't respond. No, no, you, you responded. I mean, uh, We're gonna get I did, the game okay. film later too, okay. but I do want to hear the emotions. Oh of it. well, I, you know, as I was watching it, I just kept going like, oh, this is what I thought he would do. I mean, I, you know, the, yeah. That, we'll get into the notes, but. I'm not shocked. We've talked about the history. He understands this defense better than anybody in football. You know, that's what he, people got to remember. Props to Soleil, too. Yes, Soleil. I mean, their defense is, for a team that doesn't have a ton of talent, they they run around and think they do. There was one play where I thought of you and I was hoping to see Sims' reaction. Right. When they did the fullback Kyle Juszczyk oh, out I of know. the backfield right. on Paul Puzzlesny for like Went a 50-yard game. the run and then he had to come back out. Yes. Right. I went... Man, he's just the fucking best at that isolated backside leak, whether it's a tight end or a fullback, and the whole defense goes. And I just wanted to see you sit there and just like raise a glass and be like, fuck oh, it, Kyle. Oh, yeah, there you go. Fuck him up, Kyle. Yeah, fuck him up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sean Sheehy asked, what percentage was Jimmy G? What percentage was Kyle? Well, gosh, I mean, Kyle can't call his full array of offense unless he has a guy that has the talent to take advantage of it. So it's okay. a little, but I'm going to say, you know, Okay, 60% Kyle, 40% uh, you know Jimmy Let's do this. G. Let's do this. Yeah. This is going to be a debate for the next five years. Right. Fuck it. They work good together. It's 50-50. That's all there Let's is to it. it. Yes. Let's do it. Fine. We've settled it. No doubt. Because Belichick Brady, I don't think, is 50-50. No, I don't either. I think that's 70-30. Well, I mean, uh, again, I don't want to take away things from Tom okay, Brady. We, okay? That's a different topic. I know. But I do believe that you've heard me say this a million times. The New England Patriots would have been in the Super Bowl last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Now, I don't know if they come back from 28-3, to but they would have been there in that game. And I know Patriots fans right now are so fucking sick. <laughs> they are. They are. Dana, apparently, in our office. Oh, they're like, mad. She can't, she can't admit it. She's yeah. in denial. Yeah. It's fucking I know. awesome. I know. They might have ruined uh, their chance for the Roman Empire. All I want is Niners Patriots next year oh. in the Super Bowl. That would be incredible. <laughs> uh, and then Ben Rosen said, off-season request, Sim, shake hands with Jimmy G and report his hand size. Oh, well. I looked it up. He's nine and a quarter. Okay. It's actually smaller. Yeah. But Looks, he's got he, a very, he, plays he, bigger. he had fumble issues when he played with the Patriots. I got to see, yes. I got to see. the. I'm interested. I need to take like a closer look to how he grips the football. That will be important to me because he does he grip the way he grips the football and can manipulate it with his hands. Yes, he's got to maybe only put one finger on the lace, maybe like a one and four grip if he puts two on. I know you guys don't know what that means. No, but we do. That's deep the laces. In yeah, I count the you know the spaces between the lace, right? right. So one space, two same spaces. thing I do. Right, same thing you do. So I do a two and five. Yeah, I was raised one and four. You one and four? Yeah, okay. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over for the James Harrison segment just because I told Lefko when I got in this morning that when the Patriots signed James Harrison, I was like, I could host this segment because I feel like it's a conversation we've had on this podcast yeah, a like thousand a times, times about right. players signing with new teams. Right. First question. Yeah. James Harrison, as a football player right now, yeah. 39 years old, what is he? Uh, he is a really good role player at this point of his career. You know how many snaps he's played this season? Gosh, single digits? 40. Has he played that many? Okay. But I wouldn't that's even nothing. guess it. I wouldn't have guessed that many. I really would have been like 9, 15. I can't remember the last time I saw him on the field, really. That's why I, when you said it, I was like, damn, I can't remember. Why do you um, think that is? 
I don't know. I mean, Bud Dupree and J.J. Watt are more versatile. T.J. T.J., sorry, are more versatile, RJ. bigger men all, all together. Uh, and I'm sure they're just trying to say, hey, let's move the let's move on. We can't like keep this going forever. Um, the other thing I'll say with James Harrison, he's not going to have to go there and start, right? He's probably going to play like somewhere between 15 and 30 snaps a game. It's an extremely important position for the New England Patriots because you know how we talk about their players needing position versatility, right? And Harrison is one of those guys, oh, you want to play 4-3 defense end? Well, in a passing situation, he can do that. And then they want to play their 3-4 outside linebacker mix? He can do that. They'll stand him up. They'll move him around on third down. And even though I think they're what twelfth in the NFL in sacks, right? They're they're not like a bad pressure team, but they don't have one guy where you can go. You wrote that in your notes. They're I did. Missing a defensive yes. guy to get after the quarterback. They are missing a defensive guy. Just and one that's James guy. Harrison. And James Harrison, I think, can give you some fear there, right? To where I mean, we saw him last he's year. Well he he's well rested. He's well rested. He know he's trained <laughs> yeah. and ready to go. He didn't really do shit last season. Can and he, he got be, in the playoffs? Can he be what Dwight well. Freeney was? At I do the end think of the he can be similar. Yes, I think that can be very much what his role what if can Freeney be. Have three sacks in the Super Bowl. Three sacks in the Super Bowl. Made another sack or two in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, uh, that's that's all they need him for. Just in those certain situations. He might not even play the first divisional playoff right. game. Who knows? But all of a sudden in the AFC championship game, if it's Pittsburgh and they go, we want to get after the passer, he might play 40 snaps. So every time a player either comes to the Patriots or leaves the Patriots, we have a million people on Twitter asking, what does Bill Belichick know that other people don't know? Or what are his true intentions behind this? He doesn't this? know, and there is no true intentions. What he does know is he's going to figure out what James Harrison is capable of. This right. is where Bill's brilliant. And he's not going to ask him to do something he's not capable of. He's not going to have him guard a running back no, in coverage 30 exactly right. He's not going to be like, hey, we need you to be the interior D lineman on third and two. Oh, it didn't work. We made a bad decision. No shit. I mean, no, that's what Bill's great at. He's just going to find out how can I use you? How does he find that out? Because through practice and just evaluating the player, talking to him, understanding if he knows the concept of the defense right. and what his rules are and all those type of things. That's where it is. He doesn't know anything different. And Bill, this is another thing to speak of Bill's greatness. If he goes through the week and goes, this ain't going to work. He cut, cut him. He'll cut him. He doesn't How give a shit. How did he get on the fucking Patriots? Because they're not a waiver claim. There was waivers. Nobody, nobody claimed him. Nobody claimed him on waivers. The Patriots probably wanted to make sure first. They probably want. To me, this is what happens: is nobody claims him on waiver. The Patriots probably are having the conversation with the agent. They want to make sure there's mutual agreement there that they both want to be there. They don't want to claim him and then go, James Harrison, go, fuck, I don't want to go play for you guys and have to deal with that shit. So they can wait that out, conversate behind the scenes. Okay, no one claimed you. Now, do you have some interest in us? Because we do have some interest in you. Can we make this work? Are you going to be a distraction in our locker right. room? Are you going to hold press conferences every day and do that kind of shit? And Which that's what definitely, that's not who he is. And then they'll also say, like, you know, if this, if this gets out, then it's not going to happen. That's right. they're, they're the kings of that, too. Did you see what Marquise Pouncey just said? What? No, via, via the Bleacher Report app. It's a good promo there. Download go. the Bleacher Report app. Quote, we don't follow care. follow the Sims and Lefko stream. Quote, we don't care, buy, have fun. End quote. Marquise Pouncey says James Harrison destroyed his Steelers legacy by signing with Patriots. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. He's... All right, Marquise, wait until you get to be 35 and they don't cut you and they cut you. Yeah, right. he just wants to play. He wants to get out there and he's got a chance to make a difference on a Super Bowl caliber team. Now, Sims, it's time that I take you somewhere you love to be, Ooh. Mr. JFK Conspiracy Theory. Oh. First question. Ooh. What if James Harrison is actually going to the Patriots to steal their defensive playbook and send it back to the Pittsburgh Steelers? 
he'll probably get the most basic version of a playbook. Really? Yes, to start. Do you think he's gonna? Do you think Bill will be a little bit worried? I don't know. Bill just Bill. They're crazy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are there. you serious? Yes. I he's not going to get the real playbook. I'm probably not the full thing. Maybe just this week's game plan, and they're going to keep it at that. <laughs> wait. Yes. So you think that he's worried about some conspiracy shit? I, too? I mean, I just they don't care. I'm just no disrespect <laughs> to Jesus, but if Jesus came in the world in the the facility there and they gave him a playbook when it was time to go, they'd be like, "Hey, Jesus, we need that back. Sorry." <laughs> It's time we're not taking that out of the building. I mean, I got cut by the Broncos, and I had my playbook, all my play sheets in my locker. Yeah, but we're talking about bringing in a new player and being worried that to not trust him because he's on they're your not, team. They're not worried about that. Right, I don't well, think so. I have another question yeah. for you. What if James Harrison is going to the Patriots and Bill Belichick gives him a fake playbook just to see if he'll send it back to the Steelers to then give them the wrong plays to take advantage of in the possible playoffs. Uh, it could happen. There's nothing in those playbooks that he's going to get that's going to just, the, the, the Steelers are going to look at it and go, oh gosh, damn it. Now we understand what they're doing. Holy crap. You know, it's it's specific to each week, especially especially in New England. Mm. So one week, you know, you know, fist call by the safety might mean one thing, and right. the next week it's a totally different thing. So they're not going to be able to mess with them. What if? What if? My aunt had balls. She'd be my uncle. What if James Harrison is actually going to New England to injure Tom Brady and then come back using a Mission Impossible society? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right, can I ask the serious question now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much is James Harrison's brain going to be mined for information about the Steelers ahead of an AFC championship matchup? And will he be willing to give it all up? That's going to be the interesting. Yeah. Because, and and how much do you think the Patriots are expecting? Like, look, I know you've been with the franchise for 12 freaking years. They're not going to expect a lot. They're not going to, like, expect. Does he have a lot? He's going to have stuff there. They're going to they're definitely going to watch film from the first game they played and, and they're going to go to explain it all. And they're going to go, "Man, what did they why did they check to this? What what, what is this here?" And he's going to give them the answer. So, hold on. are you you're completely against Pouncey or with him in agreement that this is hurting a Steelers legacy? Because I know that we're looking at it as, oh, you're an older guy that just wants to play and why not go win a title? But to a guy that did come out on Twitter in 2012 and say cheaters never win, talking about the Patriots, this is a guy that's been up against the Patriots forever and we we shit all over guys like Kevin Durant when they go to the new team. I have never shit on Kevin Durant. Well, right now he's got more anger towards the Pittsburgh Steelers because they wouldn't fucking put him on the field. So he doesn't give a shit. And it's a business once again. So he's got to do what he's got to do. He wants to keep playing, and they found a place for him. Reggie Wayne went to there. Yes. Dallas I'm Clark so, went I'm, there for I'm, workouts. Right, Jeff right. Saturday thought about it. Ocho Cinco. Oh, yes. I, I wonder, really, when they sit him down, because James Harrison is such a cartoon character in terms of how big he is and how angry he looks. I want to be there when Bill and Jer- and James like sit Tell down us everything. And Bill's like, well, James, what, what do, do you, you know? have to tell us? And James Harrison looks at him, and it's like... Is he going to cross yeah, over like, to the dark side? Do? The scary thing about Bill is he's going to know more about Pittsburgh's <laughs> defense Harrison than does. James Harrison's going to know. Right. That's where Bill is just on another level. So what? what is the little things that James could actually tell? He might just be able to say, you know, specific to that game plan, man, when we got in this formation this week, we told our outside That's linebackers to is. crash down this week mm-hmm. because we were afraid of your pulling guard, isn't Jack it, Mason player. Isn't it player. more of... 
they're trying to figure out what the Steelers' intentions are yes, when intentions. they face them. Not the plays, yes. but more, what is your philosophy when you play us? Exactly right. Okay. What were you thinking when you were in a, you know, us, the third Patriots? And long. Yeah, it was third and long, and we were in a two-by-two two set with two receivers to the what right, two to the left. And then you, we motioned one of the receivers to make it a three-by-one set, and you guys changed it. Like, what were you trying to do there? What were you guys scared of? And yeah. that's where he's going to let them know. Let's get Big Phil on the ball, on the phone. If you can call phone, if you can call him, uh, man. I, what are we talking about with him? You got anything good? Uh, a little bit. We'll just see where the big mouth goes. What did goes. you think about the whole Earl Thomas come get me thing? Oh, I, it's um, okay. So I think it's a really bad look. First of all, okay, it just talks of the dis- dysfunction of the Seattle Seahawks yes. once again. A week after he had a spat with Bobby Wagner, exactly, I, and he knew those reporters were there. Okay, he so yelled it at the he end. He yelled so they could it. Hear it. So that was a that to me was more of a intended the direct, are blowing up, not man. direct shot at the Seahawks. Yes. Okay, and then I'll say this too: Jason Garrett, he just got knocked out of the playoffs. He don't want to shake hands with you in your locker no. room. You know, Jason's polite, but the, just wasn't a good look in general. Hello. Oh, hey, oh, it's hey. Big Phil. There we go, my two young hip. What do you think they're hip? You know, you guys are not so young anymore. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm younger than your son. Your How son's old are you, Adam? Up. I'm 31 years old. 31. How old am I, Dad? 37. Uh, hey. Good job. He only knows because he was married in that year. So he's just he's like, 80? I can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, okay. Thank you, son. Uh, Big you know, Phil. we all make mistakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Big Phil, I have uh, an RSVP request for you. I'd like to set up a, a date with you. Are you interested? Really? A date for me? Here is the date. The Thursday before the Super Bowl. Right. This is the night the ESPN will release their documentary, The Two Bills, with Belichick and Parcells. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you're still going to be in Minnesota, but I think we round the whole crew up and watch this thing together. What a do you think? Popcorn. Yeah, a little popcorn, maybe a little bourbon. Yeah, it sounds like a good night, but uh, you are right. I will not be there. Oh, uh, you are leaving early? Yeah. No, I'm leaving. I'm going to do uh, – I have to go up there on Sunday – and I think you too, you too, right, Christopher? You go there yes, Sunday. Yes. Then I'm gonna shoot Showtime Monday night, and then I'm coming home on Tuesday. Oh, Damn, okay. you're not messing around Look at, at all. Bam. Yep, I miss uh, you know the whatever. I'm really excited about not being there all week. <laughs> I, I really am. I just you know the Super Bowl, the traffic, it's 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 everything you try to do is so much work. It's fun, but. But uh, I'm glad to be away from it for one year. So day. hard being an ex-Super Bowl MVP. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Excuse me? <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? And of course. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. Man, getting around up there, I don't think it'll be, I don't know how bad it'll be. It could be cold with the cold shit. weather and all that. So, well, whatever. It's yes. all right. You guys will have fun. You're going to be on the air every day doing your thing. So yeah. I'll be sitting here listening. We'll see you. All right. So I, I got a random question for you. I, I am falling more and more in love and I don't need a scouting report with the UCLA quarterback, Josh Rosen and his comments. Hmm. He came out last week and he was talking about, he understands why players aren't playing in bowl game. There's a lot of implications about wanting to be healthy and not ruining your career. And then sure. he came out and said, I'd rather be a lower pick at the right team than a higher pick at the wrong team. And he's getting a lot of grief right now. Yeah, he is. I just saw somebody, oh, I saw Tiki Barber on TV just going, only quarterbacks can say these things. And you know what? I thought, yeah, you're right. Exactly. And you know what? If you are intelligent enough to formulate this stuff Mm -hmm. and you have that position and you get up there, my question is, 
I saw this. I'm going to switch sports with Jalen Brown of the Celtics. When he came out, it was the third pick in the draft. People said he's too smart. And I hear that about Josh Rosen. And there's this weird thing when I hear talent evaluators say, you have to be a certain amount of dumb for us to like you. We don't want you to be too smart <laughs> and question stuff. I just wanted to know, Big Phil, old school Moorhead State, what do you think about a player that for the next few months we're going to be debating whether or not he's too smart or too aware? What do you think about all that? Well, I think that you know, it's that's a very old thought process in the NFL. You know, when we say run through the wall, we want you to run through the wall. Don't ask us why. Mm. And so that day is gone, and it's been gone for a long time, and it doesn't bother me. And what he says, listen, if he can forecast where teams are going to go or how they're going to be in the future, even starting next year, then he's smarter than all of us. Right. I mean, if you're him, wouldn't you want to be? Los Angeles Rams, you know, you get drafted. There you go. Oh, my gosh, this is like, what did I do to deserve this? How's that working out? Yeah, right. can turn around quick. Right. If he got drafted by the Browns, let's just say, who's to say, and I don't think it's that far a stretch, to say in two years, whatever, they're going to be right up there rocking it with a lot of people. So uh, you, you, you can't forecast that. I understand what he's saying, uh, but – I'd find a way to back away from it too. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it too. I, to me, I mean, I know what he's saying too. But I, I mean, he's not going to be happy if the Giants take him next year with Odell right. Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard at pick four or five, whatever the heck really they are. I really thought the I whole quote was about the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. think so. Right. He's talking about Cleveland. Don't draft me there. And I'm going to be honest. I get it. We saw Eli do it. We saw, saw John, John Elway, Elway do it. Yeah, so sure. it's well, been we done saw before. John Elway, Eli Manning, Pete Manning to his own degree did it. I think he decided not to come out after his junior year at Tennessee because it wasn't 100% that he was going to be the first pick of the draft, mm. so it pushed him back into school. Right. That's uh, just I don't know that for a fact. That's just because I know he was contemplating coming out. Yep. And if I remember right, the New York Jets had the first pick. Let me I ask another question for you two quarterbacks. Said we're going to take you for sure. If he'd have known that for sure, he would have come out. But going back, guaranteed. He was going to be the first. All right, two more questions. This one is from a fan named Quan T. This is for both of you guys. Was Keenum's play this year what you guys thought Trevor Simeon's play was going to be like? Oh, I'll go first. I yeah yeah similar. I did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I thought Trevor Simeon had a chance to be a pretty good starting quarterback. I thought last year there were some good things. I, I, I admired his athleticism. Uh, I did think his ability to kind of get the ball out of his hand and throw from different angles, and I thought there would be a better offense this year around him Mm. just schematically. But, um, yeah, he was disappointing physically and mentally with the way he handled himself. What do you think, Big Phil? Is Keenum doing? the thing that came to me, there's only so much you can do. Here we go back to the question about Josh Rosen. You never know. The talent around you decides so much. But I think the offense was disappointing in many ways. But he was too, you know, physically, you just got to get yourself in a position where you can withstand some punishment so you can keep practicing, keep playing. Right. And, um, you know, so that that was, you know, just, but let's, let's be careful. If he'd have played for the Vikings, hmm. yeah. well, no, he wouldn't be the same because Case Keenum, there's a physical toughness to him. Yes. He might be six foot or six foot one, yeah. but he's kind of a big man. He's thicker. You know, in other words, right. He's Big shoulder, looks like he can hang in there. We see him running the football. Sorry, my phone started. Yeah, Big Phil, is that another podcast? He runs, he dives head first, he doesn't slide, which I would tell most quarterbacks, dive head first because your chances of getting hit are much less that way than sliding. True. But 
here, here it comes down to this, Adam. Okay. Years ago, when he came out, and there he was as a rookie, I had a coach say to me, he's awful. I can't yep. believe he's on a, in a training camp. He doesn't deserve to be here. I don't know. And I just went, wow, that's pretty severe. Uh, I'm not saying I had him graded very high coming out in the draft either, but for a guy that had so many yards throwing and so many records, you knew how he, you knew he knew how to play the position. Yeah. But it took experience, uh, a lot of luck, and toughness on his part to get to where he is. And I'm telling, when I say luck, I mean a lot of luck. He got lucky where guys got hurt. The team was terrible, whatever. They had no chance to play him. And he got that experience, and look what happens. Then he falls. Paradise. Man. Paradise. A team Phil, that really has no glaring weakness. I need, I need a question no. from you, Phil, to see no. if this happened to you in your past. Big Ben apparently requested a buffer between him and Todd Haley last month because of their, quote, yes. icy relationship. I this week. Or what, what well, you did. We were, we were watching it together. And, you, and I said, look yeah. at that. Yeah. Todd Haley's not even in the group. He was, out, he was down the other side of the sideline. Have you had a coach? To Randy Fitchner, I think, is that how you say it? Yeah. The quarterback coach, and him and Mike Tomlin were talking to Ben Roethlisberger. So go ahead, Adam. Have Sorry. you had a coach where you needed a buffer? Have you seen a player need a buffer with a coach, quarterback? I, I needed a buffer between me and Bar- Bill Parcells, that's for sure. <laughs> but that wasn't going to work. Hey, Bill! <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll call the game. Yeah, it's, I always hear that, that playback of us, too. Yeah, that's and in Philadelphia. Know, he really got really, really mad. You know what that told me? He was wrong. No, that, that's just an observation I made sitting here thinking about all these years. But no, to think of having having a buffer between me and a coach, that is just incredible. That's another – there was no such thing right. in the past, of course. But we get, we're getting a lot of new rules, Adam, so we, we just got to adjust and live with it. And when you're Ben Roethlisberger, hey, you get to make some rules. Yeah, yeah you do. Hey, new hey, age. It almost comes down to Martavis Bryant. As Mike Tomlin, he was a pain. He goes, hey, he can complain all he wants. He's going nowhere. (laughs) Because they knew the talent, and you adjust to it, and you do whatever you have to do to make it work for your team. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason. Big Ben's, you know, he wears his hat uh, while everybody else is wearing their helmet during warm-ups. I love love he goes out for warm-ups, and he's got, you know, every time I see him in training camp. Yes. He's got uh, a baseball cap on. Place they it's called Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know. You mean oh, whatever. The, I know. The, the school, he's always out there in shorts and a hat, and everybody else has got a uniform on, and he's lobbing the ball around. And I go, man, he is truly the king. He is he, the king. He is. So Were you ever treated like the king ever in, in New York? What's that? Were you ever treated like the king? Man, I'm just trying to get some respect in my house. <laughs> Okay, the, the, the forget New York. I'm just trying to get some respect here. Okay, so, all right. You know, my son comes in. I won't get in on all that. But I uh, don't. It's hey, a good holiday. Do, do what I did. Tell no, him what yeah, I did. Wait, Go what? ahead. What did Kirk, Christopher I just do? Want to say this. What is Kirk Cousins going to get a contract from the Washington Redskins? Yes. Yes or no? I mean, yes. I hope so. Well, what I said, yes or no? No hope. I'm saying yes. I'm going to say yes because of what's happening to their GM right now. He seems to be the one out, and they're going to give Kirk the, the contract. Oh, no kidding. That's what I. I mean, all the, they're like investigating him, and I feel like that's sort of that's what I was taking as the clues. 
Oh, okay. I, you know what? Boy, you're up. I didn't know. I haven't read. I did read everything today. I didn't read that. So What are you? I didn't and hear that either. I'm looking. Where saying, are the Seattle Seahawks going to change their football team? Uh, I think now, this is they it. Need to I now. think it's about to fall apart. It, it, whatever it is, you've got to make a decision. You've got a quarterback in his prime. He's going to be there for a while. I want to see Russell Wilson play quarterback instead of playing dodgeball. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't see any more dodgeball. I, I, I'm going to actually watch that game later here this afternoon, but – I don't think there's going to be much to watch from the Seattle offensive side, but that is, hey, it's a miracle he hasn't been hurt. Right. He, he fought his way through some injuries last year. But, man, you're playing with fire with the best player on your team. Right. So you can do these things quickly, and they need to fix it. I don't care if it's the plays, the players help him out and build that way. Yeah, I'm with you. Big All right. Phil, you're the king. You're the man. All right, guys, have a great day. Good to talk to you. See you, Dad. See right, ya. Be good. Uh, no, so I was just saying that I've seen a lot of Bruce Allen's on the hot seat, and I believe Scott McLuhan is having his grievance right. Uh, issues right now, and I'm believing that's opening up a lot of cans of worms into looking at Bruce Allen. Right. I just... I really hope Washington realizes that Bruce Allen's the problem and Kirk Cousins can be part of the solution. The problem is that Kirk Cousins is going to ask for a ton of money. Well, okay. That's what the going rate is yeah, for a quarterback that does so what, what he does. You, what did you do that upset Big Phil? Well, and, and, and I don't know if it's Bruce Allen either. I mean, I, I also think you got to take into the, the Dan Snyder RG3 effect into this. I mean, that's, that's where I think maybe is the underlying factor that Kirk, Kirk feels disrespected of years of, oh, RG3's the best, RG3's right. the best, oh, he's the franchise, even though he sucks in practice every day, but we're still going to start him. I think that's what where did he gets you do to your dad? I walked in the house on Christmas Day, okay, and I don't ever really drink. You know that. I drink like maybe, I usually drink on Friday night, date night. Right. So, I walked in, and I was looking forward to having my tequila, and my family never, they just get what they want. They, that's what they always do. Like, we entertained on Christmas Eve. I make sure I got drinks for everybody, what Your they want. Your wife is a fantastic She's amazing, host. right? So we, I'm, I'm literally running around the stores. Oh, oh, he likes this drink. They like that drink, blah, blah, blah. I get there. I mean, there's no fucking limes in the house. I mean, yeah. Well, and if you're drinking tequila, right, you need a fucking lime. lime. Right. But there never is, because my mom and my sister and my brother-in-law, they like lemons. So fuck everybody else. Just... Do deal with lemons in your drink. Not a lot of bodegas near so Big what Phil's did you house. Do? I got in the car. I I threw a hissy fit, and I was like, I mean, I knew it. I was like, I'm I'm mad at me because I knew I should have brought limes. I knew you guys wouldn't have fucking <laughs> limes. I mean, and my dad's like, Whoa, Merry Christmas! And I was like, I was like, Yeah, it's unbelievable. I was like, Yeah, we got everything for you guys the day before, and I come up here, and I knew you wouldn't have anything. You should have looked at him and said, I fucking knew it. Jim Nance wasn't the issue. <laughs> I just walked out. Uh, so if we're worrying if Kirk Cousins is going to be on Washington, is Eli Apple going to be on the Giants next season? Smooth transition. Landon Collins said, there's one corner that needs to grow up. We all know who it is. Eli Apple, that would be the only person I would change out of our secondary group. That first pick, he's a cancer. Yeah. And then when asked about it today, Eli Apple's response was, I'm going to go take a shit. Eli Apple's immature. I, I mean, just from the outside looking in, I don't really like Eli Apple either. I don't, I don't mean that personally. He's Every time I look at the sidelines, he's like walking around bothering people. Well, I mean, uh, this is coming from the guy who, first of all, tweeted on the sidelines last weekend. I mean, he was during the game tweeting on the sidelines. I mean, that's like stupid crap, okay? Yeah, that, that pick is, is looking then, worse and worse. Then she says he's a cancer, or he says he's a cancer, right? And the mom tweets, no, actually, he's a Leo or something like that. Did you see that today? No. Yeah, so that's the first problem. The mom was the first red flag. 
during we knew the draft. that from the start. Yes, she wanted to be in the social news every day. She was going to make herself known. To me, as soon as I would have saw that, I'd be like, "Sorry, we're going to the next corner on the board." Which he should have never been Vernon the tenth pick. Vernon Hargraves or Artie Burns were better than Eli Apple. So the Giants yeah. messed up by making him the number ten pick. Yeah. But yeah, the play, Landon Collins, in my eyes, never says that. Never, unless he feels like he has the backing of the rest of the DB room. Right. And to me, that's also what that comment says. And then also, let's not forget, Eli Apple, I mean, Landon Collins, what, three weeks ago said, oh, we had a little talk, and then Eli Apple acted like he didn't know what the talk was about. It's a whole issue. So it, that is I don't want to issue. give it all of my time. He's gone. We've, we never... I don't know if he's definitely gone. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. Well, with a new coaching staff, they don't put up with any of Yeah, that they shit. might not want to deal with it. Uh, I have uh, two Adelafco fields and then a positive story. Let's start with the positive story. Uh, Silver Silica uh, went to a Tampa, B- Tampa Bay area Applebee's on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and gave the manager $1,000 oh, to him. get out to the 10 employees. Right. What is Silica doing at Applebee's on Christmas Eve? That's a good question. Uh, well, I guess they pl- well, Good for him. Well, they played that night, so yeah. he flew back, and they probably just went somewhere to go eat real quick. Applebee's? Half-price apps? Did you know Applebee's is even open on Christmas Eve? I mean, I haven't been doing Applebee's in a long time. Shit. I mean, and if I'm going to, to a restaurant that like that, Chinese, I'm going to Chili's. That Chinese mandarin salad I used to get at Applebee's all the time. I, I don't even know that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> they had like that one salad. I haven't been to an Applebee's since college. Adelaide nice Field looking ahead. I guess these are negative because the. Be ready for the jokes, everybody, about how Jacksonville has the tarps on during their playoff games. Apparently, they're not allowed to take the tarps off, and they can only have 64,000 seats available. I don't know what it is. What is but that? But be ready for the next few weeks as people go, oh, Jacksonville makes the playoffs for the first time in 10 years and can't even sell at their stadium. But I don't know what it is. They're not allowed to take them off. I guess it's just because that's what they allotted their stadium as before the year starts, Apparently. and that's where they got to keep it? Yeah. Okay. Eli Apple suspended. Right, it just happened. Just happened. Quote, pattern of behavior that is conduct detrimental to the team. Yeah. Man. My other out of left field is this. Yes. Jay Glazer reported that there could be as many as 14 or 15 head coaches that get fired. Yeah. My out of left field. If out of left field, left field. If you are the Detroit Lions right. or the Dallas Cowboys, right. this is your time to take advantage and do not fire your coaches. Keep Caldwell and keep Garrett. Not every new coach is Sean McVay. In fact, that is the outlier, not the norm. If you can maintain a coaching consistency when about half the league goes through a change, one, there's going to be way too many coaches that get jobs that probably don't deserve it because this was a shallow coaching pool anyway. There were not the Shanahan's and all that. There's McDaniels is not going to all of your team. He has one choice. So if I'm the Cowboys or the Lions and my team has been good but not great, but they've also both had a ton of injuries and a ton of other issues, maintain coaching consistency in a year of transition and take advantage of all of the teams going through growing pains. I hear you. That's my out of left field I get take. you. Alright, so my out of sim center field take is this the Detroit Lions? He's <laughs> like that. Out of the, out of the Detroit Lions, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I really do. Uh, I think really when I evaluate the Cowboys, I still think J- Jason Garrett's a good head coach. He's not in the day-to-day game planning. That's not what he is. He oversees the organization. He understands the what is going on as far as game plans, both sides of the ball, and he manages the football game. The other one, though, Detroit, I. I 
I don't want Jim Caldwell to be fired, nor do I really think he deserves to be, but the caveat in that is that it is Bob Quinn, and he came from New England, and he's going to want a New England guy, and that's where I just go, ooh, that might happen, okay. and I can understand that because McDaniels is one of the best offensive minds in the game, and you have Matt well, Stafford. Then I, well, then I make that phone call, right. and I go, Josh, are you going to give me the time of day when the season's over? And if he says no, then I go, I'm keeping Jim Caldwell. Yeah. I'll wait. No. But I'm not doing it unless I'm getting him. No, I, I hear you. Because I don't know who else you're getting. No, no. Well, um, that's what. That's why. So when you there is like possibly 14 openings, but what's going to happen is these teams are already. They know they're going to fire their coaches, or their 50-50 might fire them. Right? They've already making calls. Okay. You, the agents. The agents, run everybody's the gonna they run the NFL. They're calling already to know if there's interest. So some of these coaches who they think these owners might go, Oh, we want to fire this guy, but man, we're not gonna get the replacement we want, then yeah. we're gonna keep him. So yeah, it could be anywhere from eight to fourteen. I mean, it really could be. Random new random nugget, NFC teams went forty one and twenty three versus AFC teams. It yeah. is the most lopsided split the NFL has seen since two thousand four. Wow. And before we get to uh MVP, I'm gonna say that Al Riveron needs to go. The Calvin Benjamin catch is yet another example. I have not seen Al Riveron. I have an idea in my head. He looks like one of the grumpy old men. You don't know what he looks like? I don't know what he looks oh. like. But he's got to go. Yeah, it's 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 uh, Pereira. Everybody is. This calling is what for we should have talked to my dad about because my dad and I had a great just conversation about this during Christmas. But it's it just first of all, replay is being. This is not what it's intended for. It was to correct the egregiously wrong. That's why this was. Here we are on the field. Oh, it we, happened during the LeBron game too. We we we've super slowed moded a hundred times slower than real time, and it looks like the ball might have jiggled a half a millimeter in his oh, hand. Yeah, we don't need it. And then literally, as they're about to make the call, CBS is showing the split screen of oh total control and the foot's down. Like it just uh, the fact that it's the like referees... he's making calls like he's the referee on the field still exactly that's, and that's the issue the fact that I have referees mic'd up in that oh. game saying I don't know that looked right. like a catch right. that was a catch yes that's not what he's there for you no. are not the czar of referees you are there and if it's too fucking close to call yep. that's why they called it that way on the yeah, field yeah that. The Zach Miller catch, oh, it's the ridiculous. first Austin Safarian Jenkins one. Like I'm not throwing like Pittsburgh's Jesse James in there the week before. No. That was the that rule. Was yes, that was what it is. I mean, we don't like it, but that is the rule. But there's other ones where I just go, damn, there was not conclusive evidence to overturn it, and yes. he still overturns it. What? We have a lot of game notes to get to, so let's crank out MVP. Tom Brady is number one at 28 points. Uh, who is your number three this Tom week? Tom Brady is Tom number Brady's three. Number three. Yeah, wow. there's no way I could give Tom Brady the MVP if I'm just a serious voter after the last four or five weeks. There's no way. Number two, the MVP of the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski. Ooh, that's the guy that I just was watching football this weekend. I said this, you know, to Matty Ice or Matt Canvasser last week that. He deserved to be in the conversation. And then as the weekend went on, I was like, man, why is he not in the conversation? So there's my, you know, just hot take, but he's... And we will get that 
And I mean, look, if you look at the Patriots' offense against Miami and Tampa Bay, when they didn't have Gronk, they were lost. And then his performance against the Steelers was dominant. Yes. His catch this past weekend against the Bills, Crazy. insanity. Right. And the offense is based around him. Everything this is a very do. open year of yeah. B-plus Gurley, 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 Gurley. Todd Gurley is your number one MVP vote after Week 16. What meeting the fuck? That, Todd, that was amazing. That, that Todd Gurley now moves, wow, into fifth of the year with five points. Rob Gronkowski jumps up to, I don't know, seventh, tied with Calais Campbell and Matt Stafford for two points. Those early guys. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, I will say this. You did not mention Le'Veon Bell. And I will just say that Le'Veon Bell has 85 receptions, Mm -hmm. more than A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas. He has two more than Julio Jones. Right. And I don't know why Le'Veon Bell's not getting any love. I, I hear you there. I, I mean, still, you're right. He deserves love. We've said that, I think, the last few weeks. At least I hope we have. But Gurley is the very popular MVP vote right now. Well, I, I mean... And you wrote that in both of your notes. With Gronk, you said he should be discussed with MVP. And Rams, you said, no way, Gurley, not my MVP. Best player in the NFL last five to six weeks. And you know what? He might be the fastest running back in the NFL, I, too. I think he's up there. I, I mean, you know, you talked about Le'Veon stats. I mean, Gurley's leading the NFL in rushing. Gurley is leading his team, the seventh-ranked offense in football, in receptions. Yeah. So that, to me, I mean, 788 yards receiving, 1305 rushing, 19 touchdowns, and the whole offense is based around him. This is not a knock on Jared Goff. Jared Goff didn't make three throws in that game the other day. Yeah, you wrote two. Yeah, two. So there you go. He made two throws. The rest of the game was... Screen to Todd Gurley. Dump off to Todd Gurley. Screen to Todd Gurley. I'm just going to say this. Yeah. This is a very popular year to go with anti-Tom Brady. Right. I'm just going to say. Brady's going to win it. He currently has thrown for nearly 4,400 yards. He has a touchdown-interception ratio of 30-8, to 8, and he has a quarterback rating of 104.2. Yeah. That is an MVP level for sure. the, the top team. Gronk is interesting. Gurley is definitely up there. I think it'll be it'll be Brady's going to win it. But he's he he should. Well, it's a, he, I I don't think he should. Okay. I don't think. I mean, he hasn't been the best quarterback in football this year. I mean, listen, we can't Carson always, Wentz has still thrown for the most touchdowns. No doubt about it. We can't always go on stats, okay? Yes. If we went on stats, the number 1 rated quarterback in football is Alex Smith, okay? And he's not the Good MVP. Point. All right. Uh let us do celebration rankings. Uh I went back and looked. Golden Tate's people's elbow has been our top in individual one Damn. that was in week six, six against New Orleans. And our top team is the Steelers bench press, which was in week eight against the Detroit Lions. So in essence, the Lions have been involved in both of our number ones. Let us go. First off, Michael Campanero scores and does the got him, which is when you put the little circle down here. Sims, look. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. And he puts it down. You look at it. That's illegal. It has to be connected to the waist below line. That's not how you play. Right. That so would you, be the proper so way. So you've played so that he broke the rule. I should be able to punch him in the arm. What's really funny is Sims right now, I was doing it, and, and he he's not look. looking. I, and look. he's... I know. Holy shit. That hurts right there. Look at that. Damn. Oh, I'm going to get you for the show. Yeah, so you, you punch are. people? Yeah, you punch them in the arm. That's how what you play. What did you call that game? Uh, 
Damn, I don't so even know. So you're saying Cabaneros was illegal. It was illegal, yeah. Cam Newton lit the birthday candle. It was his son's birthday. I like this. He flicks the lighter like there's not enough fluid. That I really nice. like the way he sells it with the hand. That was nice. It looked as though there really was a flame, and then he hands it to a fan. Some people were saying he handed it to his son. It was not his son. It looked I've like a white from person. Uh, it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, Justin Coleman scores on an interception return and then jumps in the Salvation Thievery. Army bucket. Thievery of a celebration. We he have, did that, right? We right. have seen that before. And then Juju scores a touchdown and then sits what looks to be the tree, but it is the goalpost. He unwraps the present. I got a football. Yay! And he celebrates. So those are the four individual ones. Campanero got him game. Uh, Ken Newton, birthday candle. Justin Coleman, Salvation Army pot, or Juju present. Who right. was number one this week? Juju. Really? Yeah. Not not Cam Newton birthday. No, sorry to break your fucking. Why I, know you, I can tell you, you're selling that hard. I know you liked I it. it. Lefko comes in with his own bias <laughs> <Yeah>. every week. <laughs> Why not the one I wanted? Juju unwrapped present or Golden Tate people elbow. I feel like we need to rewatch the people's elbow because it's been it's now been, it has uh, like mythologized. This, yeah, it it's feels feels mythol. Was that a word? I don't mythical. Know. Mythologized. I think so. I don't know. What yeah. Do, what do you think? I mean, if you want to watch it, I still think it's the leader. I'll pull though. it up. I'll pull it up. Yeah, but do you still? But you still think it's the one? I think it is. I okay. Don't know. All right. Uh, you're gonna pull it up right now. Yeah, I got it. Here's YouTube. Five seconds. All right, so Golden Tate scores. Yeah, see, I that was really good. It really sells it. He drops and he, he falls. He throws the elbow twice, okay. like to do that. Does All a little right. shimmy. Did yeah. You see that right there. No, Damn. I'm watching the TV. All right, so team celebrations. The Bears. They all drop down, and they did. Uh, Snow Angels nice. against Cleveland. <laughs> the Jaguars, this isn't a touch a touchdown celebration, a but the Jaguars running down the field and before they go in, they high five on their way to the end zone after right. blocking an extra point and taking it to the house. Whoopity do. And then the last team one is Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, recreated the scene from Elf Snowball Fight and he threw it and he knocked down players in the end zone. It's pretty good. Damn. Bear Snow Angels, Jacksonville high five, elf snowball Does fight. Does Juju sweep this week? Damn. Juju is on his game. I I mean, he really is on his game. So what's your takeaway? Uh, I, your that was too team? intricate there. I mean, I'm not supposed to know it's elves and that shit, okay? So Jacksonville going, high five. No, bears, I'm going bears, snow angels. And do they beat the... No. no. And so for the... Since week eight, we have said the same two. Individual is Golden Tate's people elbow. Steelers bench press only one more week. Only one or more they week. get the celebration. We don't do this in playoffs? I guess so. Why yeah, why not? Yeah, come on. By the way, I think I got shellacked in betting this week. Oh, I'm sure I did. Did too. you do well? I mean, I don't know. I know my picks. I was twelve for twelve and four, but I don't think I've been very. But good what with were the your big bets with the spreads? The first this week? one I was right was was the Ra- Vikings. Vikings, right? And we both got that, right? But I don't think I think you picked big on the Chargers, and that was a push. It was a push, but I lost. Oh. I took the Steelers, so I won so that. So they covered. And you might there, have had a big week. No, there was another one that I think I lost. I can't remember what it was, but I did, I did lose another but one. But we're going to do that on the betting show. All right, let's get to the game notes here. Let's get to them. Uh, let us start with, let's go uh, Jaguars 49ers. Ogie. That was the game that everyone has been tweeting at us. They're very excited to hear about it. Uh, you did write down the top of the page. Bortles only threw for a hundred or he threw for 159 yards after being down 37 to 19. See, this is what, just so I can just preface that right away because that's the thing I hear like even when I'm watching highlight shows that well, hey Bortles and they read his bottom line right and they go well it wasn't a bad day except for these three mistakes. 
Well, that day doesn't even happen if it isn't for those three mistakes. I mean, they had to throw the ball every play in the fourth quarter because they were down 37 to 19 because he threw three horrible picks. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. You wrote, this is the first time that Jags talent couldn't overcome the yeah, scheme. Right. It was the first time. And we've talked about this a lot of times, right? This is, is the old Seattle defense, right? And they usually, it doesn't matter. The scheme can sometimes uh, catch them where it's a. It, it can show some flaws in their defense, but they're so physically gifted that they've been able to get away with it about 99% of the time all year long because of the corners, because of the phenomenal speed at the linebacker position and those defensive linemen. So this is why you saw them for the first time bickering with each other on the sidelines during the game because they were going, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, we can't wrote, stop this. You wrote, Jag's not used to this losing, and then I couldn't, I don't know what word you said oh, after that. Let me say, uh, losing, C, it was C-O-N something. We couldn't, conscious? we both looked Losing at. control, I think, maybe. So Jag's not used to this losing control? Where did I write that? Show me. It was underlined. Okay, it was underlined. <sighs> look at the paper. Look at the paper. Oh, it was the back page. All right, let me read that again. I, his handwriting is, it's usually good. I just can't read that. Oh, man, what is that one, though? Hold on. <laughs> you can't read it either? Losing their... <laughs> I thought maybe conscience. Oh, wait, con... Wait, no, not used to this. This is why I have to take extra time to wait, read Jags, too personal, but not used to this. Losing... <laughs> this is a really good podcast segment. Unbelievable. Jags, two personal foul penalties. Not used to this losing. Man, I can't. I don't know what I. I don't know what I wrote <laughs> That's there. Incredible. I don't but, know what but I wrote there. You did write a few times. You wrote yes. Reuben Foster is everywhere. Right. The Niners. They barely are playing with two safeties because they really don't respect Bortles at all. You wrote third drive. Jags trying to flip front. Oh, losing composure. Gotcha. Composure. Ah. Sorry. Ja- third drive Jags trying to flip front. Right, because Kyle, like I told like a little in the breakdown, Kyle's going to run the plays to the way he wants to run them, right? And very early on in the game, I said, oh, Kyle wants to run at the bubble today. What does that mean? The bubble. like So he's running to the shade nose. Like, you know how there's the nose tackle? And, the, you know, you only play head up if it's a 3-4, right? So usually the nose tackle is a shade on the center, like on the left shoulder or the right shoulder. the Jaguars? At Aubrey Jones. So Aubrey Jones would be lined up off-center. Off-center. He would be off-center. So let's just say you're on an offense and you're Jimmy Garoppolo. You come up to the line of scrimmage. Aubrey Jones is slightly on the left shoulder of the center, right? If you're behind. You're yes. behind. And then there's Malik Jackson who's lined up over your right guard on the outside shoulder there is the three technique, as we gotcha. call it, right? there's a gap between th- then your center and your guard. There's a gap between your center and your guard. But the bubble is the other place. What do you the mean? The bubble is the... The side that Aubrey Jones is leaning towards. Leaning towards, towards right? Because now there's nobody on the guard. He's he's in between the guard. And then then there's the five technique who's head up on the tackle. So there's that so the big guard space is there. Free. The guard and is free. And was the guard pinching down on Aubrey Jones, or was he getting second level? He was getting second level. He would either sometimes maybe help out and give a shoulder so then he could get up to the line of scrimmage and, was, and help the center. Has no one done this all year? Well, I just I know that Kyle is way more creative with some of his run schemes, and some of the runs might look the same, but he teaches little nuances here and there for his backs to read a backside linebacker, and if he's yeah. too aggressive and whatever it may be. But either way, Kyle felt, hmm, I feel more comfortable with us running to this look right here than not. And I would say 90% of the runs were run to that guard mm. bubble where there was nobody there. I asked you before the right. game, did Kyle Shanahan, could Kyle Shanahan give us the blueprint to beating the Jaguars? And your response after the game is what? Mike, uh, 
for good offenses, yes. Wow. And what did he teach you? Well, he t- he taught me. He exposed. He has great experience with this defense. If anybody's listened to what we said, I don't know if we talked about this on the normal podcast we last have. week. We've talked about it a lot. Okay. But he, he, I mean, he knows this defense inside out. He practices against every day, practicing every day the last two years in Atlanta. Uh, and, Faced of course, the Seahawks, twice Seahawks a, year. a bunch yes. of times. Right. So he really gets it. And don't forget this. He was the first one to stress out Pete Carroll when he had RG3 in that wild card game when RG3's knee went out. But they were moving the ball up and down on that great Seattle defense right. that year, too. But what but, did he do this time? So what he did this time, what Kyle does is, of course, the run game. He always gets it into the look he wants, and he makes it effective. So the defense goes, oh, shit, well, we got to worry about this run game. There's a little thing there. Then all of a sudden, it's bootleg at the back door. Bootleg again. Oh, shit, our backside defensive end or Will Linebacker, you can't crash down on that run. you got to watch out Jimmy Garoppolo or the crosser coming behind you because he keeps hitting it for 12 yards. Mm. And then it goes, oh, shit, they're doing this fake speed sweep every time they run the ball, which they probably did, what, 20 times during the game? Yes. Because they weren't going to let, you know, whoever was at defense end, Calais Campbell or Dante Fowler or Telvin Smith just have fucking free reign all day going, Mm. oh, run left? Let me run them down from behind and smash them. Who are the offenses, the playoff teams in the AFC that can actually take advantage of this? New England won, right? And we've seen them do it against Seattle in Super Bowl 49. They did it in their own different way because they don't do bootlegs and things like that. But what they do in just simplest terms, right? It's a zone defense. The corners kind of play man on the outside, but it's not total man. So the in-breaking routes, the deep crossers, like uh, those are tough for yeah, even— Yeah, Marquise Goodwin was living across the middle. He was living across the middle because he knew that a lot of the times that's not Jalen Ramsey's really responsibility to cross him over there. So if you play action fake, the linebackers suck up, and then they go, oh, shit, who's this fast guy running behind me that you i got to fi- catch up? You find the communication points yes. where the defense has to pass off. And exactly. You take advantage, and Garoppolo's quick enough to release it no doubt. until you hit it right at that moment. No doubt. And then in the drop-back pass game, you just go, okay, these two are responsible for this zone right here, and this would be more the New England way to do it, where they go, well, we're going to stress this. We're going to stress yeah. this little zone defense like basketball Man. and give it a three-on-two fast break, and these two guys are going to try to pass it off. Well, we're going to send one up the middle to widen them out, and then we're going to send one across, and he's going to go, oh, i got to follow him across. Oh, shit, there's another one following across? Well, the other guy didn't come all the way over me, so he just stressed all their rules completely, and that's why they got frustrated because they were going, what the fuck? We don't mm. even know. You've been telling me he's, they're telling their coaches, you've been telling me all year if I do this, I should look for this. And Kyle said, hey, we're going to do that, but we're going to fuck you up and do that with it, and you're not going to know what the fuck to do. It's, and it's going to make them go back and fix a lot of their rules and buckle down, and it will help them that this happened to them. It will. Oh, That's why I was thinking about the Eagles, too. It's good to have all of your weaknesses put on tape. Yes. It sucks because now people are going to take advantage of it, yeah. but it's better it happens now than later. You right. said this about the Eagles facing Russell Wilson. It's good to, for it to happen now yes. in case you have to face them later. You'll reevaluate. But I would say the same thing with an elite defense. Yeah. They can fix that in Jacksonville. They can fix it, and they're going to learn, just like we've talked about. Uh, I've, the, Kyle's the first one that ever said this to me. Because when last year when he was in Atlanta and he was playing Seattle, I go, you know, he had played one week, he played the Broncos, right? And then he played the Seattle Seahawks the next week. This is when he beat up the Broncos right. defense with Tevin Coleman and Donald Freeman. Right? And he was the first one to isolate linebackers on running backs. Right. And then he came back to Seattle and he fucking had them. They had too. a good game. They should have won. They that were was up the like pass hands to the face. Julio, Julio Jones got molested. Games. But I asked him that week when he was preparing, I said, you know, what defense would you 
rather face or game mm. plan for? And he goes, I'd rather game plan for the Wade Phillips defense. I go, really? I mean, you know what Jacksonville, I mean, Seattle at the time, this is Jacksonville's defense. Yeah. So you know what they're going to be in every play. He goes, yeah. He goes, but he goes, they've been around and been doing this so long. They know where they're weak, too. And right. they know what exposes them. So they've Shinzu seen it enough. So they've learned to go, oh, shit, they're trying to do this, what blah, 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 stressed us right. out with. And that's where Jacksonville's going to learn from Kyle. It's a, it's, the funny thing about the Seattle defense is it forces you to focus on the same weaknesses, right. and then you can cover it up. Right. Whereas a team like Denver, they were, two years ago, athletic enough and dangerous enough that they could go man-to-man yes. and go, I'm just going to put Aqib Tlaib on Marquise Goodwin right. and figure this shit right. out. Right, exactly right. All right, I'm glad we did that. That yes. was fucking good. good. That was good. good. Uh, let me go into the, the second one that I found most interesting for you, which was Patriots-Bills. Mm. I'm going to run through your notes. You tell me which ones you really want to talk okay. about. Patriots, no real difference maker on the defensive side. It found interesting that they get James Harrison. Right. This game alone is why you don't want Tyrod Taylor. He has problems seeing downfield. Yeah. Patriots, D, I like what Belichick is doing. They either drop eight or run exotic blitzes. Yeah. And when I read that, I went, this is the Patriots every fucking year. Yeah. They get into the playoffs, and they drop eight, and then it's not this year, but Rob Ninkovich like somehow gets there if right. they hold time. Right. Or it's an exotic blitz where you got like the cornerback coming from the side. That's what actually. But I feel like it's time. every year. It is every year. I mean, you're right. It, well, he's and I don't know why everyone doesn't play that. Yeah, because they That's just what he can't did against coach Peyton like him. For years. I know. I just they don't under you know. There's more to it than what we see and the rules in which he you know puts on the defense in certain formations and puts on a defense end. I mean, Rob Ninkovich, like you said. He'd be playing outside defense and a three-man rush, but he'd also like knock the slot receiver, yes. then come rush. And you go, well, why? They're never going to get there like that. But what happens is the quarterback goes, oh, I got three-man rush. I can hold on to the football. Yes. But then he looks at his first read and he goes, wait, the fucking defense end. Has knocked just knocked him off over, his route. knocked him over, yeah. and now you're on to your second read, and the second read's not where he's supposed to be because you got off your first read too quick, and then all of a sudden you're holding the ball and you're going, "What? Oh shit! I got sacked by Rob Ninkovich in a third man sack because they made you hold it." Yes. Well, he's doing those things now. Every he realizes he doesn't year. have a pass rush, so he's going to go one or the other. He's either going to find a creative way to outnumber your protection or at least stress it, and then he's going to have other ways where he's going, "I'm going to draw back," and I don't think Tyrod Taylor can find the open receiver from inside These the These discussions just make me so upset. And maybe maybe Kyle and McVeigh and Belichick are truly just savants, and they can see things that other people can't see. I but think I'll so. T- but I'll fucking tell you, man, when teams go up against Jacksonville and they go, we just need to do what we do better, and they don't find the weaknesses no. of the other team, I don't understand, because it feels like it's 90 fucking percent of the NFL. I hear you, but the problem is, and this is where we underestimate the greatness of these people, these coaches who are watching the film, they're going to watch the film and go, I don't even really get what he did to do it. I don't understand what he did. Like, what's he try? They're going to be trying to figure out what Kyle did to make it better. They're not going to know. They don't even know what they don't know a lot of the times in the Damn. NFL. The average to less than average coach, they don't. And then that's why they end up going. We're just going to do what we do and execute because they don't really ever take the time to go. Man, let me sit down for like a month and in the off season in March and watch every fucking Kyle Shanahan game. Because I know those are the things Kyle Shannon and Bill Belichick and Sean McVay would do, and that's what people don't do. It's the same thing. This is just some life shit. 
I don't think people ever sit down and go, what do I want to do in life? Mm. Like they never allow themselves to think about what are my goals? What are my dreams? They just fucking execute right. and they just end up doing the same job for 30 years because right. they never sit down and go, how do I get there? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with coaching where no one ever sits down and goes, what kind of an offense do I want to run? What kind of a defense do I want to coach? They simply go, well, I've always been a 4-3 zone blitz guy and that's who the fuck I am. Right. But no one ever looks at it and goes, let me break this down to its base element and then create. Yes. And I feel like those guys fucking create. They do. And they realize that they don't have all the answers. So they're always willing to learn more yeah. or figure it out and and learn defense. That's the thing Kyle, and he, Kyle learned, he would sit in the defensive meetings. He was I mean Kyle could teach Jacksonville's defensive scheme to Jacksonville. They could walk him in there tomorrow and go, "Hey, go- game plan for Tennessee for us." And he'd go, "Okay, Jalen Ramsey, if this guy yeah. does this and Miles Jack if he does that, then your rule is this." If he'd be you, able to teach it to them. If you don't invite me to the Kyle Shanahan Drink Fest this summer, I'm really <laughs> fucking pissed. I'll never tell. You also wrote Gronk is so fucking good. Great run blocker, great pass blocker, big pass game mismatch, NFL MVP. Yeah. Run game is designed around Shaq Mason, and yeah. he's fantastic. He and you also wrote Brady doesn't want to pull the trigger on tight throws unless it's to Gronk. I just feel like the last few weeks, very reluctant. You know, I, not, not again, I'm not like saying Brady was bad. Brady made some great throws in the game, but I just felt like there was a few times where I was like, damn, throw it, Tom. You got him. Like, I've seen you do that all year. And the last few weeks, I don't know if it's because of the interceptions, he's just... He's reluctant to throw the ball to Brandon Cooks in a tight window or a Kenny Britt, who yeah. looks okay, by the way. Uh, but but Gronkowski is one guy that he has no fear of. No. Just because he goes, either Gronk's going to catch her or nobody is. And that's what happens. It's fucking awesome. Saints-Falcons, you wrote, losing Vaccaro has been a blessing in disguise for the Saints. Yes. You're really impressed with Manti Teo the last few games. Yeah. His read and react has been off the charts. Right. You feel like this is what I get to with the Falcons. You yeah. say, the Falcons just call plays. There's no rhyme or reason. You're not setting it up. And when I hear Kyle Shanahan, what Kyle did with the Falcons last year was, I'm going to put Julio in the slot. I'm going to put Julio in the slot. I'm going to move him to the outside, and you know what to expect. I'm going to put him in the slot, and he's going to run a completely different route. Right, right. And in the Falcons, they just call plays. No, they do. You said the Falcons played a lot of bare front with Keanu Neal one-on-one with Kamara, and it worked. The question is, how many other teams have a Keanu Neal? No, that, that's the question. I would say the Vikings could do that with Harrison Maybe, Smith. Maybe, yes. Maybe. Keanu Neal was so impressive in that game. How is he not a pro bowler? I mean, I don't know. And how? And Deion Jones. And you wrote, Deion Jones is one of the best middle linebackers in football, and he might be my first pick. I really, if you made me start a team and you go, who's the middle linebacker of your football team? Like, uh, I, he's he's in that discussion with me, you know, prior to Ryan Chazier getting hurt and all that. But he is right there. He is the best linebacker in the NFC South, I can tell you that. Over Keekly. It's not Luke Keekly. Luke Keekly is really good, and it's not disrespect. Yeah. But Luke Keekly cannot make some of the plays Deion Jones does, especially not in the run game. Deion Jones is out of this world. UAB. Yeah. Eli Apple refused to take the field with the scout team today at practice. Oh my I mean, I'm, just, I'm just giving you the updates. Yeah, Twitter. perfect, perfect. Or we can wait for his mom to tweet. Rams, Titans, you said Rams or Falcons might have the most athletic front seven in the NFL. Yeah. You said the last seven to eight weeks, Tremaine Johnson has been a top five cornerback mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you wrote, no way, Gurley is not my MVP, best yeah. player in the NFL last five yeah. to six weeks. Yeah. Talk about the front sevens though, the Rams and Falcons. Yeah, the Rams, I mean, they're just so athletic, so fast. It's different schemes. Wade Phillips is kind of like a 3-4 
ish type of front, right? Uh, they do some different things. But, man, when you just talk about Westbrook. Donald Westbrook, right, who they're going to use in this Malik Jackson, like undersized Michael nose Bennett, tackle. Yeah. Right, that kind of guy, exactly. Uh, Alec Rockers. Alec Ogletree. Of course, Barron didn't play last week. Right. But when you just – Connor Barwin – and Robert Quinn has been a man possessed the last Every few weeks. Every time I looked up, Robert Quinn was all over Marcus Mariota. He gave Mariota. Taylor Lewan about as good as a go as I can remember anybody this this year. Um, just I think when you talk about those guys, their versatility within the front, their athleticism, yeah, uh, it is it is one of the fastest front sevens. The Rams' pass defense is special. I do. I really do believe. Yeah. Not only because of their pass rush, but they have some cool combination coverages. Lamarcus Joyner has been really good this LaMarcus year too. He Joyner, deserves some props. He's your Rodney McLeod, which yes. is why he came from there exactly. and probably why they replaced. It's the same type of player. Are the Titans good or bad? They're just they're exactly where they are. They're like they're a create a player when you get it, and they're like fifty percent at everything. Exactly. And they're okay, but they're not. They're good. somewhere between twelve yeah. and sixteen, and you know this week will determine whether they're the top twelve. Last game notes. We have a ton. I, by the way, guys, uh, I am in the process of trying to figure out how to create a Sims and Lefko newsletter. Mm. And one of the things that I would want to do this, and this is mainly for next year, is I want to put pictures of all of Sims's game notes in the newsletter so that you guys can read his cursive and see all the notes. Because Try I find it. the highlights, but it's fucking jam-packed. And I don't like to make my lock bets until I read it because I see it. So be on the lookout for the newsletter. The other thing that I want to say, this is just random download the Bleacher Report app and and get the Sims and Lefko stream because we are working at Bleacher Report to make the app. I th- already think it's fucking great. Like I think the updates are awesome, but we are going to be working with the app designers to be putting a lot of cool Sims and Lefko content all the time, so make sure to download the Bleacher Report app. The last one I thought was interesting was Chiefs Dolphins, and here's why. Yeah. You wrote things I like about Nagy. Not mind-blowing, but a lot of different looks and concepts for the Chiefs. Right. Knows how to dress it up. The he focuses the offense around Hunt, Kelsey, and Tyreek. Right. Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Right. Occasional play to someone else. What I like about it is the Chiefs could surprise some people in the playoffs because it does feel like the offense is finally what we want it to be. Yes. Kelsey across the middle, right. Tyree Kill Danger right. running with Kareem Hunt. Right. Do you feel like they found their identity at a very crucial time? I do. I think that, coupled with the fact that they've had the same starting 5-0 line the last few weeks, is Finally. helping their running game, right? So they're getting a little continuity. Again, that's a tremendous important thing for that group up there. They need the continuity. But uh, yes, I do like the fact, I felt like Andy Reid called pass plays where he put, I'm just going to put Kelsey in the place where he's the number one Reid, and if he's open, throw it to him, but we'll just see where the ball but goes from But if Albert that. Wilson gets it, he gets then it. Then he gets it, right. And and they still do some of that, like where I would call all-purpose plays. We're just going to call a play because we know how to execute it, and Alex will go to the right guy. But the thing I like about Nagy is I think he is drawing up a few plays and concepts on a week-to-week basis where he's like, no, I'm going to get Travis Kelsey open down the middle for a 25-yard throw, and then I'm going to come back and do a play-action pass, and we're going to hit Tyree Kill on a post route for 60 yards because I've studied them all week, and I'm just going to get him the ball. Alex, fake it and fucking throw it to Tyreek. I don't so give a shit. So the whole play for with one guy. One guy, mind, right. Not just here's the play and hopefully we get to the Exactly right. Okay. It's designed for him, and then it's, it's hey, you're going to throw it to Tyreek. If he's not, if he's just totally covered, then here's your outlet option. But 
I want you to throw to him gotcha. if you feel like it's even close. And that's where I feel like Alex Smith has improved. And their defense is doing some better stuff, too, And Lefko. you did right. This is the third week in a row of good play by Revis. Yeah, Revis is Revis is, imp- Revis is better this year than he was last year. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy. And I will say Kansas City. They're best when they drop eight. Yeah, they are. They do the, they do. Everyone should do the Patriots. Look, I, I know this is not even equivocal. That's not even a word. But when I would play fucking Madden against the t- the guy that would drop eight, yeah. it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to throw with that many guys back. Right. And these it tests ha- your patience with the run game, which most teams in the NFL don't have this day and age. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, Doug Peterson threw 40 times with right. Nick Foles as his quarterback. Right. I know. It's insane. Okay. Let's get to some iTunes comments. We're going a little heavy today, as you can tell, for the main reason you didn't get Monday. And I yeah. wanted to dive deep into the game. Your shit was awesome this week, so Thanks. good job. Thanks. Good job. Good job. Uh, this one is uh, from Jason the Testicle. <laughs> Jason the Testicle. And the reason it makes me laugh is, he writes, I've written in before, and I guess my name is weird on this. Not sure how it shows up or even how to change it. So he doesn't want to be Jason the Testicle anymore, but he's stuck being Jason the Testicle. The Testicle. Is he the left right, left testicle or the right testicle? Which one is a little lower? I don't we'll, know. We'll find out by his comment. But anyway, just wanted to bring up interesting uh, Garoppolo is obviously a great quarterback, but nobody ever gives Shanahan credit. Chris said it earlier and how Kyle's able to scheme it up. Sean McVay gets so much credit in L.A., the media's got to start giving Kyle some. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Hashtag Amendment 2. We talked about this early. Yep. I do think that Kyle is getting credit. Yeah, I do. I do I do think so, too. I do feel like lately it's been all about, oh, that they just put Jimmy Garoppolo in there. I think that's what he's kind of saying. Is this like right. They're just going like, oh, the quarterback's in there and he's made the difference. No. Kyle has a quarterback that fits his system, yes. and now Kyle's being able to call plays that he couldn't call with Hoyer and Bethard because they physically can't do what Jimmy Garoppolo can. Man, if we can convince Kyle to do a roundtable of us two, Kyle and Jimmy G. And Joe Montana. Joe Montaning bed. Right. That would be dope. Jimmy, ask him, ask Jimmy GQ. Uh, happy Gilmore 98. Uh, great football insight every week. Can anyone explain what's wrong with the Texans? Well, okay. Um... I mean, injuries are the first thing, right? I mean, uh, obviously, that's that's Whitney obvious. Merciless, JJ Watt. Yep. Um, Brian Cushing missed ten games. I'll say the another thing. I mean, yeah, those are some big names on defense. Not to mention AJ Bouye, who's one of the three best corners in football, is not on their team anymore. You they know? lost their starting left tackle, Dwayne Brown. Right. They lost Deshaun Watson. Right. So it's been a tough year. Now their defense. None of their secondary wide receivers have stepped up. Not really. I All mean, of their tight ends have gotten hurt. Exactly. And their defense has let up bigger plays than years past. Where I think Mike Vrabel is, you know, again a guy that's got a bright future, but he's kind of finding his way still as a defensive coordinator. If and play 14 caller. head coaches get fired, he will get a job. Yeah, you're, you're right. He will. Because that's that's down the line enough where he'll still get it. Probably. I just found it funny that the two Giants candidates that people seem to be most serious, Steve Spagnuolo and Mike, uh, who's the defensive coordinator for the Falcons, Mike Smith, right. are the DCs for the 31st and 32nd ranked defenses. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's, it, it goes back to Vance Joseph. Right. I look at Vance Joseph and go, oh, yeah, he's a mastermind, but what was his offense ranked at the end of last year? The defense was 29th in football last year. And we saw how it's doing right now. Right. And then, listen, all, you know, my coach friends, anybody I talked to around the league, they were all like, why, why is he being interviewed for a head coaching job? Nobody could figure that it's out. It's the fact that, like, I still see Jim Bob Cooter's name. And I'm like, what I has know. that offense I know. shown you? I know. Uh, this is from Pastor Kevy Kev. Great. Not only do I love your show, you guys and other influences drove me to start my own podcast called 2K Underground. Check out 2K Underground 2K on iTunes. Underground. Listening to you guys helps me. Plus, I love how y'all give my Vikings love. Great show. Keep it up, Kevin. 
Hey, what Kevin up, Kevin? Kevin? All right, now to another one of our big amendments, amendment number one. I told you my thought about the Vikings, right, seeing them in person compared to Pittsburgh oh, and no, New England. Oh, no, say it. So, I forgot. So you were there for Saturday night, Vikings at Packers. Saturday night, yes, great, freezing cold. I mean, my left testicle froze while I was out there, okay? <laughs> but regardless, it was uh, it was interesting because I've seen, De- I mean, I've seen New England in person. I've seen Pittsburgh in person. Now I get to see Minnesota. So I love to compare, you know, ass and legs and all those kind of things. I don't think Minnesota was as big of a football team as Pittsburgh or New England. That's very surprising. As a total, like just their big guys up front. So their lines. Their lines. but Even their D-line. Yeah, because Linville and Shamar are big. Don't get me wrong. Is Everson Griffin big? He He's not gigantic. He's not oh, like he that. He's more gigantic. of a, he's a rocked up like 6'3 yeah. guy, right? So he's a like and that. And Daniil Hunter is thin. Yes, and he is thin. But where Minnesota separates themselves, and I think it's very interesting, is, man, are their skill guys big? I mean, like Everson Griffin, for a pass rushing D end, he does have good yes. size. He's speed based, so that way. But you mean like the Xavier Rhodeses? Xavier Rhodes is the biggest corner I've ever seen in my life. I In mean, your whole life? My whole life. I mean, he's Cam Chancellor playing corner. I don't know even how he does it. Wow. His thighs definitely, he definitely has chafing in his inner thighs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a it's a testament what to a how awesome he is. I mean, he has got with that. I, I was so I go was, through the list. Oh, what were you going to so say? So no, no, but him, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr. When you see Anthony Barr, is impressive in the middle linebacker. I've you'll seen see Anthony in Barr in outdoor club in L.A. partying. And right. I was like, he plays linebacker. Right. He looks like a DN. So you talk about him. What about Thielen? Thielen's got great size when you see him in person. Diggs. Diggs is sneaky good. Laquan Treadwell, Rudolph, Latavius Murray, who we've seen in person together. So all of their outside guys are freaking huge. Yes. But their D-line's not small. It's not small. What about their O-line? But it's just not like Tewitt, Hayward, Hargrove. It's not like that. Those guys are insane. O-line is a little bit more... Stout. I feel like they have five guards. They kind of do. That's you know? a, the three guys in the middle are like three centers, like you said. Yes, they're like a little like that six two, six three, three oh five, stouty, stout square yeah, guys. Like fire, and fire the tackles are hydrants. big, but they're not like Nate Soldier or Villanueva, okay? Because no. those are like literally or like Lane Johnson. You're like, what the fuck? They've unleashed the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's literally how I felt when Nate so Soldier. So did you the first leave time. impressed with them? They Ver- shut out the Packers. I know their offense very wasn't impressed. Too great. Yeah, it wasn't great. Keen, it, it it's was tough. cold. It's cold. You're in Lambeau. And those people are crazy because they, they? they don't even bat an eye. It's negative one. Do you just have like, any oh. Rodgers interactions? I didn't see Rodgers this week. He was there, but I was on the other side of the field. So. Was Lambeau cool? Lambeau's awesome. That's the first time in the new Lambeau for me. That cool. was awesome. Uh, let's go, Lambeau. Rodgers. Kyle Rod 99. Aaron Rodgers. Goat! Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Listen since the beginning of 2017. It's absolutely phenomenal. Thanks, Kyle Rod. Curious what you would say to people who say that Aaron Rodgers isn't the greatest quarterback to play. Asking because I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day, and he compared Aaron to Steve Young and didn't even have him in his top five. Well, I mean, listen, he's he's allowed to do that. I, I've never seen anybody as talented as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know. The question is, yeah. someone goes, Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback of all time. How do you argue back? I would argue back and go, well, how could that possibly be? 
I mean, what, why is he not the greatest quarterback? I mean, his statistics, his quarterback rating, first of all, and I don't even like that shit, it's going to lead you to believe he's in the conversation for one of the greatest of all time. Let alone the fact that, hmm, let me think, he's got the strongest arm maybe in the history of football, the quickest release maybe in football, he's one of the greatest scramblers in the history of football, oh yeah, and he's a gunslinger that doesn't throw interceptions, and he's had a shit offense and no talent around him, really. The first thing that you need to say, right. I would say to people out there, yeah. is if you're getting super Super Bowl arguments back, you go, oh, so you believe that Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino. Sure. I don't want to use your dad and Eli. Okay, fine. Or, or that Eli is better twice than Brett Favre. Eli is better than Brett Favre, right. and Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino. Because I do think, like, I don't think Terry Bradshaw is a top five quarterback, no. but he's got four rings. I mean, come on. We always so just you have to remove yes. Super Bowls from right. the argument. Right, right. Then they need your help with ammunition about Rodgers. Yes. When, and my biggest thing when you know gets into that conversation, first of all, would just be that there's a, a handful of the greatest quarterbacks ever that can't do the things Aaron Rodgers can. There's he pu- can do things that other quarterbacks can't. Plain and simple. There's no other way around it. I guarantee you if Tom Brady got on a practice field with Aaron Rodgers and Belichick put them through drills, Tom Brady would go, I, I just can't do that, coach. I can't do it. There's going to be things that Tom Brady can't do that Aaron Rodgers c- can do, and then vice versa is, does not exist because Aaron Rodgers can do everything Tom Brady can. So, uh, you know, again, it's a lot of hearsay. Yeah. And conjecture, I know, because we can't get over rings this day and age. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I will about. say about Brady and the Brady Rodgers debate, which we've had on this podcast yeah. for a fucking long time, and right. I'm okay with it. But whatever, Brady is, Brady is elite yeah. as a leader. Yeah. And that is something that I will question with Rodgers. Sure. Okay. Just because I think Brady is, look. Brady doesn't eat sugar. He doesn't eat dark-colored vegetables. Right. He is the perfect human. Yeah. Josh Fendrick showed me a picture of him and I Giselle today. But he had the greatest coach of all time to mold him into that a little. Gotcha. So that's where I go. But, and that's my one thing but is that's I don't tough. know if Rodgers is as moldable. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Maybe not. But Maybe he's not. also been an independent entity for so fucking he has. long. Right. Uh, it doesn't always have to be Brady either. I right. mean, uh, he's better than Peyton Manning, too, if anybody else wants to get out Giles, there. Giles, 1994. Sims, I want your opinion on something. Sam Darnold is one of the top draft prospects, but if you look at his throwing motion, he seems to bring the ball downward, similar to your favorite quarterback, mm-hmm. Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles. How much of a red flag is this? I have heard he is working with Jordan Palmer to fix it, but I don't know how much he can change. Well, uh... He's a better thrower than Blake Bortles. I'll tell you that right now. Now, I, I this is something, if you've heard me on the podcast, I've been saying this and since early in the college season. I mean, for people to say he was a slam dunk number one pick, you know, that's crazy to me. I, I don't I don't see that. First of all, his body would concern me. I saw him in person. It's doughy. It's doughy. And, it, and usually as you get older, it only gets doughier. It doesn't yeah. go the other way. Uh, but the throwing motion is concerning because— Except for me. Uh, the throwing motion is concerning, though, because I, there's a really short list of quarterbacks in the history of football that have that motion that have been successful. So that is concerning to me going forward. Added to the fact all the interceptions and missed throws I saw him make this year. I mean, he was leading college football in turnovers going into like the last two weeks of the year. Now, I just feel like, see, this that is... That one bowl game against Penn State. Was amazing, but to, to me what drives me crazy is, like, if Jameis Winston, who wasn't leading the nation yeah. in turnovers, he had a turnover problem. But for some reason, Sam Darnold does I'll not. I'll never forget when Matt Ryan was the third pick in the draft, and he had, like, 20 interceptions, and people were making a big deal of right. it. But he also threw the ball 630-something times right. that year. So it is different, but I agree. I, we, we crown we just, guys too fast. Way too fast. Uh, this one is about the Panthers' steel barricade 
great show, my favorite football podcast, period. He stole something from your Period. I used to watch ESPN every day, and I would think, a lot of this is total bullshit. Yeah. I also listen to other podcasts and think this doesn't compare. Both of you complement each other very well, and the fact that you guys self-scout brings you guys head and shoulder above the competition. Thank you, Steel Barricade. I'm a Panthers fan. Panthers fan. This offseason could be crazy. We could have a new owner, a new GM, a new head coach, hopefully not, but apparently that's not happening because um, Riverboat Ron apparently is going to get a contract extension. What are your guys' thoughts on the craziness of the Panthers? Well, I do th- think it's weird that they're breaking down to their owner after the game. Like That was weird. I mean, he's being like investigated for misconduct. So what are you going to do if you're continuing to break down and then like like divisional round, it comes out that he was really inappropriate with him. Are you going to still break it down to him? Why? Just because he's like the rich white man owner? Okay, come on. So move on from that. That's weird. That's the That's problem, not going to really affect the, the team the a lo- whole lot. The whole locker room, it's us against the world mentality. Right. It's when the locker room goes too far. Yes. And they go, Every, none of your well, hearing is like true. it sounds like it's a Ron thing. It sounds like it's yeah. a Rivera thing who's yeah. leading this charge. So that's just odd. But they are a team that is eleven and four, and yeah, they need some players. I mean, you—I don't know how much you saw. My oh no, you didn't get to that because I was done. I'm done watching. I mean, their offense—they need players. They got nothing on their offense. Yeah, they just lost Bird, and I'm like, that's but, a huge loss. A, he's not their, even that good. Right, I know exactly right though. I mean, well, you know, you hope Curtis Samuel comes back healthy. Their third leading receiver is still Kelvin Benjamin. Damn. Yeah. Damn. damn. Right. I mean, McCaffrey's the leading receiver. Well, look, when Diddy gets in there, he's going to turn it they around. They need, yeah. I mean, even their O line, it's it's average. You know, it's really again, Cam stats will never look good, but he is the reason that offense goes. And I know it doesn't always go, yeah. But everything teams do is to try to stop him, and that's the only reason something else happens or works on a week to week basis. And they need more difference makers on defense too. Last one, Dpeg twenty three. I was listening to the podcast and I heard the L E F K O E man talk man. about stats. He thinks are important. I did something similar last year, but now I'm adding third down conversions, red zone conversion, time of possession. Thought about my other categories: home away record, record versus playoff teams, offense defense ranking along points per game and points allowed, major injuries, momentum, head coaches, kicker. I'll compare my picks. So now we're just doing every statistic in the world. If if DPEG23, if you want to do that, I'm down for it. The one thing that I am going to do, and I, I should have done it, you brought it up last week. I'm going to do my statistics, the red zones, the yep. takeaway, all that stuff, You're six. for all of the non-playoff teams, and see if it does show us, are any of them better than the playoff teams for next year's projections? Coming up I didn't do that. on episode 207. What? I know. 147. That, that would be interesting. I'm going to do that. Uh, we have our big pick show tomorrow uh, where Sims and I are doing week 17. I don't know how much. I don't even want to do it. I don't Like, either. all of these games are just such trash. I know. Uh, but I, I believe that I'm guaranteed to beat you this year. I don't know if it's, I don't know if, it, unless I lose all my money these last two weeks. It could happen. Well, aren't we going to the Super Bowl? I mean. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going right, to do the whole play. Right, nope, right. Never mind. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> but week 17. Where, where do you? We're going to see Patrick Mahomes. That's yeah, exciting. That He's cool. going to play. Uh, how much of the Eagles play their starters? The I don't Jaguars, know. Jaguars, Titans will still be interesting. The Jaguars got to play their starters. They got to after getting their ass kicked. Y- you can't go into the playoffs going, "Hey, we got our ass whooped worse than any game all year." And now we're going to go into the playoffs on that note. And they don't want to fucking play the Titans again. The Titans are not a good matchup right. for if them. If the Titans win. 
than they play the Titans in For the first round. For the third round. time. I mean, the Titans beat them 37-16 in week two. It's it's scary. If there's a weakness to Jacksonville, it's their run defense. They and don't the want to mess with them. And the best thing that just happened to Tennessee is that DeMarco Murray got hurt, and it might no, be the Derrick Henry, Henry show. show right? If it's Derrick Henry, I have a whole new look for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Guys, that was fucking awesome. I hope you appreciate the deep dive, Sims. Thank you for doing your notebook. Hey, that was you. awesome. Thank you. Uh, we'll have our pick thank show. And then, uh, man, fucking New Year's. New Year's. Right around the corner. Right. Popping bottles. Four Sims. Peace out, homie. Fendrick would say. Good evening, Earthlings. <laughs> and the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says goodnight. Guys, love you. Keep hitting us up on Instagram, at Sims and Lufko, and Twitter, iTunes comments. Keep listening. Keep reacting. We'll keep podcasting. Talk to you later.